What's up, people of the world, people of the internet? I'm here with international superstar Ty Lasseter. He is in Texas this week. Yes, I am. You're probably going to be roaming all over the world, but you can announce that when the time comes right. here again soon. We've got a couple of new ones planned. That's so. awesome, dude. I love it. You're always moving, and that's the name of the game. Guys, we got a pretty cool format today. We're going to break it up into groups of segments of content, and uh, we'll get right into that after our intro with our boy, Vanilla Ice. Cash, cast, coming in fast. Relative info on investments that will smash. Miss out on this, you'll be coming in last. Acoustic force, bringing the intro blast. Hey, this is Vanilla Ice, and I'm chilling with my man, Ty Lasseter. And I want to tell you, one command. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Key City Capital is about to throw down. So get it how you live it. And always remember, cash, cash, baby. <laughs> Bet. I have had a number of sellers that have told us that we got the deal because we touched their their property, we touched them, we had marketing to them, we were in front of them more often than our competition was. All What's right, up? all right. We're back. Thank you for tuning in. Ty's going to take it over with some real estate education, and then we'll be back for some... Uh, you know, some fun back and forth and for some Q&A at the end. Yes, so. going to do the Q&A again. That was a great hit. Last yeah, it was week. awesome. We got some good questions this week. Take it over, brother. Notice. So this morning I'm going to get into some rent to own. Um, we've been doing a number of these deals. This is one of our big strategies. Um, I like single family. I like a mixture of multifamily and single family. But in the single family space, being able to do rent to own and owner finances, and I break those down uh, uh, differently as well. So we're going to focus on rent to own today. Um, there's some very unique uh, unique aspects as to how you do those in, in a few of the states, specifically Texas and Tennessee. There's some different laws around that, so you have to be careful doing it. Uh, we have one of the best attorneys in Texas that does that, or the best attorney in Texas that does that for us. So I'm going to break that down, but we're getting some really, really good deals. And the reason that I like to do rent to own is because... I don't have to worry about tenants, toilets, and termites, right? Same, same, same aspect and same uh, dynamics around it as an owner finance, and that we're going to hand that off to the uh, to the buyer or the tenant buyer. Um, and so now, when we when we get into a market and we've got maybe we've got a multifamily in that market, and then we're doing some single families. Obviously, the single family gets spread out a little bit further across that geographic region. Okay, so the management becomes a little bit. Um, more difficult in that it spread out. Okay. So I talked last week about still once we come in and, and we focus on a, on a market and on an area, we've, we narrow that geographic location down and um, we're not spread out to where we've got two and three hour drives across that market. You know, we've got a, we've got a radius where um, from the center of that, from the center of that region, we're no more than about 30 minutes, any one way. Um, or maybe an hour, or a little bit further, all the way across. Now, obviously, in Dallas, Fort Worth, you've got two major cities put together, um, but we still split that up between teams. We've got teams for Dallas, teams for Fort Worth, and things like that. So, with the rent to own, though, what what I like the most about that is that you get the cash flow, you get some some future value, some appreciation that you get to drive into um, the sell price or the uh, the price of that property, but you're taking the maintenance cost off of your books altogether, right? So welcome to home ownership as the new tenant buyer. Okay, so 
when we've got a property, what, what we look at in every single property is highest and best use. So obviously when we've got a property that's right next to a college, when we get into that market and we're focusing, that's probably not gonna be the one that we turn into a rent to own. We're gonna hold that as, an, as a rental. Um, and then on our rentals, we've got aspects that we, that we build into those rentals to, to mitigate our risk there, especially being in a college area. So in these markets, like I said, we like the colleges and uh, we like um, financial institutions and medical and things like that. So our rent to owns are going to be out away from the college a little bit and more in those uh, those blue collar areas. Right. The the areas of the city and the market to where um, you've got the, the middle aged families that are moving in. And so we're looking what what we're looking for is that average home in that area because we want a family moving in and a family is going to take a little bit of pride of ownership in that and especially when you're working with a uh, a family that is in the labor force that's out working in the labor force they're going to have a high pride of ownership and they're they're going to take care of that property for you and they're also going to make sure that that they make their payments once they put some skin in the game so i'm going to break this down real quick kind of walk with you through how we structure our, our rent to owns. Okay. So when we've got a, pre, uh, a property ready to go to, and, and once I get done with this, I'm going to walk through actually an example uh, of, of one of, one of our clients, actually one of our, uh, one of our students who, who just did a rent to own. I'm going to walk you through what that looks like for them and then really what, what it took for them to get started in that deal. But anyways, so we got a property, it's not right around the, the nucleus of the college. It's out of way. And so we're looking for a family that's in the market, in the job market force. Okay. Once we market that property, we're going to market it for highest and best use. We may market it for owner finance and rent to own, but we're going to put different parameters on there. If our buyer comes to us and they have more than 10%, then I'll, I'll do an owner finance with them. Keep in mind, owner finances, I don't want you doing that when you're jumping out there and you have no experience. Okay. The banks, everybody involved when you're doing your refinance and things like that, it makes it more difficult if you don't have any experience and you're trying to do an owner finance from the beginning, because the banks are going to balk at that for you. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cause issues. It's going to slow the process down. There's a lot, uh, a lot stronger process that goes into this and into the vetting process by the banks. Okay, so a rent to own is a little bit easier to get into because you can still go out and get your refinance done, your cash out refinance done, and it's a rental for the bank's purposes. Okay, so when we go out there, we, we've marketed the property and we've got people that are coming to us. And, and in a lot of these markets, we've already created our, our buyer's database. Okay, so we've gone out and, and we've got a cat or a, uh, an, an owner finance or rent to own buyer's database. As we go into the market that we've chosen, uh, and I spoke about last week, once we get in there, we're going to start marketing for, for uh, rent to own buyers, for owner finance buyers, uh, for renters, and then even some cash buyers, because once we get to that, um, once we get to that portfolio size that we're wanting in that new market, and we start looking for partners in that area, we want to know who the other players are in that area. And, and we may work with them and do deals with them, right? So we've started our marketing as we get into this, into this market. We know that this, this neighborhood that we've got this property in, 123B Street, we know that it's in a, uh, maybe it's in a, a high-end blue collar area, okay? So we're gonna be marketing for owner finance or rent to own. Um, we'll put it out there for, to, our, to our buyers list. And 
maybe the most interest came to us with people that had less than 10%, but wanting to get into a property to make their own. Okay. So we will take now as little as 5%. So if the purchase price is $100,000, we'll take as little as 5,000. And on a case by case basis, We'll, we'll go higher and lower than that. Obviously, keeping in mind that FHA standards for that person when they go and get their own financing later, unless they roll it into owner finance. So we, we work with both. But if they're going to go out and get their own financing a year or two years from now, we want them to be able to qualify for FHA standards, which is a minimum of three and a half percent. Right. So certain circumstances will go down to that, especially if if, if they can afford the payment, if we can see good, good practice and that they can afford the payment and maybe there's certain circumstances as to why they don't have the $5,000. We've done some to where um, we reduced the down payment in order to allow the tenant buyer to do um, some of the work that we were otherwise going to pay for ourselves to make that property move in ready. Okay, so they came in, we reduced the price a little bit. They put some of their money towards the f finishing out the work. Okay again, extenuating circumstances. So now that, that, that tenant buyer comes to us and they put their 5% down and we're going to set their payments as if they were going to turn around and owner finance it from us when they get to their 10% down payment. So the way that we work that out is they come in, they put on a hundred thousand dollar house, they put 5,000 down. We will not turn around and make it an owner finance for them until they have the 10,000 down, which is 10%, right? So they've come in, they've, they've rented the house with a future option to buy the house. Again, in Texas, remember there's specific laws around that. So you can reach out to me, send me a private message, um, ask, ask a question on Facebook. You can comment on, um, obviously this is live, so comment. I'm probably not going to take or questions right now, but I'll comment later on, on how we set that up and who we utilize to do that in, in Texas and then who we utilize in some of the other states that we're in to draw up these, um, the, the legal documents for us because there is, um, there is laws around how you do this in Texas. So I want to make sure that you do that properly and I'll set you up with the right person to handle that for you. Okay. But in the meantime, so we've got an option for them to buy the house and we're going to turn it into owner financing for them maybe a year from now. Okay. So they've put their 5,000 down. We set their, their, uh, rent payment as what their payment would be once they get to their 10% down and the payment being a PITI payment, principal interest taxes and insurance. So let's say that their payment would be $700 on the, on the owner finance model and then their taxes and insurance makes it an, an extra $125. So their PITI payment's 825 bucks. We're gonna, once they have 10% down, we're gonna go ahead and set their rental payment at 825. And then they have that full year to come up with another $5,000 at any time. Maybe it's $1,000 every other month, or maybe it's, um, $5,000 when they get their next year's tax return, whatever the case may be, they're going to come back and they'll put the rest of that down. And then we will turn it into an owner finance for them. At that point, we'll go ahead and, and write up the paperwork. We'll go ahead and sell the property to them, transfer the warranty deed over to them. At that point, they now have their, their 10%, $10,000 down and they're making their $825 payment already. So that doesn't change. We go back and retroactively make their rental payments, PITI payments, as if they bought the house the day that they moved into it.
So I'm going to go through an example real quick with you. This is a deal that that one of our students did. Um, just got his uh, his tenant buyer in the property. I think a month ago. So he's received one month's rental payment. So real quick. So this guy he bought the house for fifty thousand dollars. Put forty. I think it was forty five thousand two hundred and fifty into it. So he's all in at ninety five thousand two hundred and fifty. The house, after he got done, uh, we were expecting it to, uh, we had an ARV of like 125 to 130. An appraisal came back at $128,000. Okay, so he's all in at $95,000. It appraised for $128,000. He got a tenant buyer to move in with a, with a strike price or a purchase price of $129,000. So he marked it up just a little bit. Keep in mind, he's got a year for appreciation to work up to that 129 and with appreciation going the way it is in this market it will probably be closer to $135,000 a year from now value so he, his buyer is actually going to get it at a small discount um, but it's at a little bit of a premium over today's current market value okay so $129,000 so he got rent payment he, he structured the rent the guy's PITI payment will be $1,350 and that's at a future, once it goes to owner finance, 9.99% interest, okay? So $1,350, he got an, a, an option or a down payment of $5,000. So it's a little bit less than the 5%, but he structured out, I think because the payment was gonna be a little bit higher, he structured out, was comfortable with taking that $5,000. He did a cash out refinance on it, just got the cash out refinance done at $96,000. So remember his cost was 95, $95,250, bucks. And that's with uh, closing costs and all of that. He got $96,000 on the cash out refi. So he walked away with $750 and $0 of his own money left in the deal. And his new PITI payment, his new PITI payment is $750. Okay, so he's going to net $600 a month in cash flow. He got $750 cash out on the cash out refi. And he got a $5,000 non-refundable deposit from the buyer. So he walked away with $5,750 cash and $600 a month in net cash flow with no money left in this project, right? And so he can turn around and take the money that he used. I think he used $12,000 of his own money initially to, to put as a down payment down to buy the product, to, to buy the property. So he got that $12,000 out. Plus now he's got an extra 5,700 bucks to add to that 12,000. So now he's got 17,000 to go do his next property with. And he's gonna do the same thing, same exact thing with that, okay? So that's just an example. So I'm gonna bring Pat back up here. We're gonna go through, kind of talk back and forth, some Q and A. Pat's gonna have some questions for me. Man, I'm all pumped up on this deal now. I saw you hitting your calculator like, yeah. okay, what do I need to be doing so, here, right? Um, I mean, obviously I can't literally announce the names of who your students are, but he was just in here working that deal. He was, And yeah. um, this is a young guy, way younger than me. And I think that the cool thing about the internet these days, everyone who knows me knows I'm a big advocate of learning the stuff online. I've learned probably way more online than I ever had in a classroom or in a in a in front of a soundboard i learned yeah. way more doing it you know i noticed that when i talk into this microphone it's three times as loud as when ty talks into this microphone yeah so it's just it's just the force the acoustic force is right real. <laughs> but the thing is is that um now that we're doing this q a at the end of each episode this gives people a chance to get educated on their particular 
deal or their Absolutely. particular investment. And I think that's something I've been afraid of is, oh, well, you know, if I only have, I don't know, let's say I've got $25,000 in the bank and I'm a saver. You know what I mean? I'm a, yeah. Uncle G says he used to not spend $80 on the lavalier microphone when he spoke at hotels because he just, right. you know, I got to save that $80. Save that. I'm a saver. And I, I have that mindset a little bit, a lot, really. And that's something I need to be careful with. But I also need to understand that you got to have investment money to turn over yeah. and to exit so correctly. So I actually got this kind two of questions out of that that you were asking. Okay. And so... First, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to briefly go you into know this where because actually, how much money do I need to do a deal? Exactly. So you actually brought up two out of the three questions from this afternoon okay, that I got. Go. So, or that I got. So um, one, of, one of them was, I've only got this much money and I'll go into the question in a minute. How do I do that? How do I do a deal? What do I need to do next? The other one was um, a college related question. So you're talking about education. So the difference that I've noticed too, like, I mean, I've got an accounting degree. I've talked about that before, right? I learned a lot in accounting school, but the, the, the issue was, one of the nine professors that I had from my undergrad through grad school, and I had a couple of them that taught in both undergrad and grad school, only one out of all of those were actually practicing doing accounting at the time. They were just And so it's like a whole bunch of the uh, a whole bunch of the people that are educating now and I and I talk about this a lot that there's there's so many people trying to teach things or that offering information, giving information that aren't even doing deals right. or that aren't doing what they're trying to give. Or maybe they've done one or two and they're all of a sudden an expert at it. Right. Like we do this every day. I just we just got three new portfolio deals today. We got an eleven unit and two eight units, uh, single family. So these are portfolios. We got one one guy had eleven properties. He wants to sell all of them. Yep. Another guy had eight properties, and another guy had eight properties. And that was we're all working. Today. We're working on an apartment deal. Um, we've already got we've got a partner that we're going to work with that has almost a million dollars. Um, we just raised that capital. He's got almost a million dollars that he's ten thirty one in exchanging. He wants us to come in and be the operator. All right. So he's got the million dollars he's going to mix with some of our money that we're going to put into it. We've got an apartment under um, that, that we're working on the due diligence right now. And so the problem with education is you've got to be getting educated by somebody who is doing what it is that you right. want to be doing. Right. And, exactly. And YouTube University is great. But let's it face it, you're only going to get so much information like that. That's like setting in that's like setting in, in, in a classroom. Right. Same thing as going to, to college or whatever. You're sitting in a classroom. You're getting somebody you're receiving information but it's not critiqued to you personally. Right. Or once you get outside of all those four deals that I just talked about, I guarantee you, one thing that I will guarantee you is not one of those is going to happen the same. We're right. going to have a different issue that pops up on every single one of those. And one of them is probably going to be a pain in my butt. Right. It is going to be a nightmare. It's going to take all four partners to get together and think and, and really come up with a solution. And I already know which one it's going to be because I'm thinking eight moves right. ahead. And it's going to be the one that we've got a short amount of time on a 1031 exchange because he, he had already targeted the properties that he was going to go into and those fell through. So now we've got a short amount of time to get this deal closed, get the due diligence done, get the lending in place, get everything done. And it's right. going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Tight. Right? It's a tight but time that's, spot. Right? That's part of it. Right. That's part of it. I, I'm thinking eight moves ahead, knowing which one's going to cause the most problems. And when it does, we're going to be prepared for it. Okay. And so that's the difference between, you know, some, some education, online education versus, you know, different forms of my student who came in and there was a number of different things that, that, that popped up on this deal for him, but we were able to walk him through the, the refinance. Um, we were able to walk him through setting up the refinance. It was his first refinance. Right. So he had no experience before this was his first refinance. 
and and he's young. He this he didn't even go he didn't go to college. Yeah, I was going to bring that he, up. Yeah, but. he came in and and his his family wanted him to. They supported him in learning in, in learning real estate. Um, we met him and and they supported us. In and he's winning. He's education. winning in the market. He's already, yeah, he's he's crushing it. Yeah, he's doing very very well. He's since he bought that deal. He's this one's finalized. He now has five more properties. Uh, one of them is a duplex, and he's working. He's he's close to being a millionaire as far as assets. Wow! And and, and this, this is going to produce him monthly cash flow. Absolutely. Well, that one's going to give him right. six hundred dollars. That's a what month. I was doing like, the math on that like back there. Yeah, that's phenomenal. He's that's awesome. Get, you know, six grand a year, a little bit more from from this one deal. Absolutely, just cash flow, right? But so that's the difference with education. We were able to come in and, and we put together a plan that actually helped walk him through that process. Right. Right. And then the second question that you were, you were kind of getting to is the amount of money that you need. Right. Cause deal, that's right? a common question I get from people. Well, how, when, when are you going to do your first deal? What do you, what do you do this? How much do I need to buy a property that's going to make me money? Yeah. What, and so what all do of I these do? things, all of these things I hear are constant excuses. It's right. somebody that's so worried to take the next step and possibly fail that they don't do anything. Right. Okay? And so we're actually, I'm guilty. Yeah, of that. We're having, not, we're having a discussion about I'm, this today that, you know, you were talking about saving and things like that. Well, the issue is, is like, uh, you know, for, for, for people who have a W-2 job and they're happy going to work at nine o'clock in the morning, working till five, having their lunch break and doing the same exact thing every day for 40 years to retire, not, and not have enough in retirement to live out their retirement. So they have to go back and supplement it somehow. That is great. Um, when they, you know, Dave Ramsey is the person for those people. Right. Okay. Good, good concepts and don't get credit card debt. Don't live outside of your means so that when you do retire and you may have a million dollars in a retirement account at that point, like that million dollars may last to your, through right. your retirement. Right. So the issue is, is you, if you want to be wealthy, you're not going to save your way to millions. Right. Okay. If you want to be wealthy, you have to take risk. You got to multiply that cash. Comes exactly. You know, that's that's the thing with and wealth. And I know these Wealth things. is attracted to right. somebody who's going to multiply it, right? Money money does not have money does not have a mind. Money does not um, can't think on its own, right? It's a vehicle. Right. But that vehicle is naturally attracted to people who are going to create more of it, right? Right. And so wealth doesn't come to the people uh, another uh, an international entrepreneur that I've done a bunch of stuff with. I'm in some masterminds with him. Phenomenal guy. This guy runs top-notch com uh, companies. Made a post. You know, wealth wealth does not come to people who need it. Wealth comes to people who are going to first of all they attract it because they're going to multiply it. Right. Okay. They're pursuing it. They're pursuing wealth. They're pursuing a. They've got a vehicle in place that generates wealth, and then it it multiplies wealth, and with that wealth they steward it well. Right. So you. Money will take advantage of you if you don't know what to do with it. Right? right. Money can actually, you can make a lot of money and then it can destroy you if you don't have a plan in place. Right. So we see this a lot of the times in people that win the lottery or professional sports athletes. Yeah. They get a lot of money and they don't know what to do with it. So they don't steward it well. And so they lose it faster than they make it. Some of these boxers I used to exactly. watch on ESPN, they, they lose don't have it. any money. They anymore. lose it faster than they make it. And so that's because they don't know what to do with that vehicle when they create it. And so that's why we have a plan. That's why I was talking about a minute ago. I know which of these four deals is right. going to be the most difficult and I've got a plan for it because it's going to make us very, very wealthy. But if I don't have a plan for it in a long-term plan, then 
what are we even doing with it? Right. right? Because I'm going to lose that opportunity. But you have to first be willing to take a risk. Okay. So, um, you know, like I, I took a risk this week. I can't announce it exactly what it is. I took a big risk this week. I mean, this is this is a multi-thousand dollar risk, well into five figures. And I did it knowing the opportunity that can come from it. Right. Right. So I went out on a limb. This is a like relationship you said, you're that I've been working this, on. These steps ahead. I need to do this yes. to get there. Today, I need to make this happen. Or right. actually, um, Friday or whatever day it was. I need to do this in order for a few months from now to have this opportunity. Right. So we've got a few months where there's a big risk. But I'm thinking and I'm calculating ahead. Okay, when I do this, this is what I'm going to do off of that. If this happens, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens these are all the things that could come from it. Right. And so then I think about what's the best case scenario. Yeah. What's the worst case scenario and what's most likely the best case scenario far outweighed any of the other two. Right. The most likely case was very, very, very highly likely. And the worst case scenario, I'm willing to live with that cost that I, you know, I'm, I'm the worst case scenario is maybe I don't make all of the money back that I that I put into this but I come close to breaking even, so I lose a little bit. But the opportunity that I created and the relationships that I'm going to create around that, through development, I'll end up making that back. Okay, So I go through that whole process and I think about everything that could happen around that. And this happens in seconds, right? Because I've done this so many times. Best case, worst case, most likely. Best case, worst case, most likely. Think, 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 think. All right, go. Five, four, three, two, one, let's go. And I made the decision, we did it, and it's already paying off and I haven't even made the announcements. Right. Right. Which is beautiful. Exactly. And so sometimes you have to, you have to forget about saving your way to whatever it is that you want to save to. Um, You've talked about this story before. Uh, Grant Cardone gives you a hard time because you walked instead of getting a taxi to the first event whenever you saw him. Yeah. And so think about the connotation that that gives, right? Right. I'm, I'm totally against you know, I'm I'm against going out and being the Lambo driver. Like I don't need a Lambo. I right, can, I and he's probably makes go fun buy of that a little bit too. I could go buy one now if yeah. I wanted to, but like I'm gonna look like the idiot. Like you don't see one of the wealthiest people in in the world. You know, you, well, you, we've got um, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, yep, Mark Zuckerberg. So I was gonna say none Zucks. of those, none of those talk about their wealth. Or drive a Lambo. No, they don't. And Warren Buffett is still driving the car that he's driven for the last 10 years, right? Because that car, all that does is get you from point A to point B. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, like there's there's certain people who have a fairly lavish car, but they're not the the the, the jokers riding around in a Lambo. Yeah, like they Carlos has that go, nice Bentley or yeah, whatever. But they go, you know, think about what their business is. Right. If I'm going to the airport to pick up potential investors... You want to create that experience. Absolutely. Right. So you don't want to show up in your hoopty to the airport to no. pick up your investor looking like this guy's thinking like, am I going to be investing money with this guy? Like he can't even afford a car that runs. Like we might not make it to the office for our meeting. Right. But on the flip side, he also doesn't want you showing up looking like an idiot in the Lambo, like thinking, right, I'm investing with this guy and he's actually putting my money that I invest into his into Lambo this. instead of whatever it is, you know, instead of that, instead of that multifamily apartment that we're supposed to be right. working on. Like, can I trust this guy to steward my money? So you've got to yeah, think about Yeah, there's a lot involved. You've it's got a to 3D thing. Exactly. You've got to think ahead to what you're doing. And there's a double-edged sword, so you have to be careful of what you're doing. And so... Like I said, you can't save your way to millions, but you can be frugal with what you're doing. And right. so you don't need to look like the idiot that's walking three miles in the <laughs> with heat in your suit with a guitar <laughs> to an event that you're trying to get on stage for. Like, right. you know, and, and I've talked about this before. My my college football coach and now JT, my business coach, talks about it all the time. 
don't fake it till you make it. You can't. That's the Lambo guy faking it. Well, till and you make maybe it. that's you part of the Lambo. reason why I got the response you, that I did for exactly because I, I had nothing if. to think. Act as if, right? right? And so think about it. Like, okay, I, I don't, I don't need to be faking something that I'm not yet. Right. But I need to act like I belong. Absolutely. Right? So, so don't come up looking like the idiot in the Lambo. But also don't come up looking like you're completely broke and you're not ready for this stage, right. whatever that stage may I be. I agree. Right? So you show up like like you're in you're in a t-shirt today. Where's your coat, bro? Right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I get it. it. But like, you know, cer- certain times you, you've got to show up and, and act as if. Right. Act as if you belong in the room, in the car with, on the stage with, whatever situation it is that you're doing. Right. And and when you do that, when you're genuine. And 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 you're actually being authentic, then that's when you're going to become successful. Absolutely, right? But you're not going to save your way there by. No, I totally you know, agree. Like, let's 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 not go. Per, another good example. Um, one of the things that we do is when we're meeting with our investors, we do spend on creating an experience around like a dinner or a meal or something right. like that, right? And so I will spend a lot of money on that experience because of the relationship that I'll create. Absolutely. So I'm not going to go like. Oh, let's go to Subway with, you know, the investor who's thinking about putting a million dollars with me. Like he can go to Subway any day. And that also looks like, like, you know, we're going to walk in there and we probably should be owning the Subway, not going in there to eat. Right. Instead, we're going to go to a place where we can sit down. We can have a business meal, not next to somebody who's being Take loud time. and not, you know, and obnoxious. We're going to sit next to the, you know, to a, to a, a, a pretty view of, uh, of the city from from a rooftop right. or overlooking the lake or whatever the case may be. And we're gonna create an experience around that. Like that's where I'm willing to spend. I'm willing to spend on on furthering my knowledge. So I will always spend on on coaching or furthering my knowledge. If I have an opportunity to learn about something that I don't know, that I need to know to implement in my business, I'm I'm not gonna cut costs. And there. that's what exactly ties into what when I was sweating running with the exactly. guitar. He's, that was the response I got was at least you're investing that money in yourself. Exactly. Because you don't have enough right now. Right. You got to put that money in yeah. yourself. Spend it all on what you need to do to get to the next Exactly. Level. So that's the first thing where I'll spend. The second place that I'll spend, and we're going to talk about this in one of the questions here in a minute, is branding. Right. I will always spend on branding because now I'm going to have an opportunity that my competition does not. Right. And so that's the next place that I'll spend. And the third place that I'll spend is creating an experience or an opportunity around clients. So when I have a client come in, if I have an investor come in or whatever the case may be, I want to make sure that they feel that they are the most important person to our business, that I'm stewarding whatever it is that we're doing together the best that I can, better than I would take care of of myself or my money. I've I've, I've put them first and we're going to create a wow experience around that. So that's the three places I I will not cut costs in. Because those are the three places that give back as well. When you focus, when you focus your spending on those areas to the right places, that's where it comes back. Yeah, I like that word development in that. Because exactly. you're developing your personal development as well as the success of the other person as well. Exactly. So it's a, it's a two-way thing. It's a two-way street on that. Exactly. You're not just focused on tie winning. That's right. It, it, the further you get, the further Pat gets or the yeah. further Boone gets or the partners or any of that. I love it. Exactly. So, so uh, you did have some questions. I've got three good questions. Actually, I think we had five or six this morning. I, one of them, I two of those were similar to what I had. Exactly. So the first one is, I only have $5,000. What do I do? Well, like I said this morning, the 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 uh, client of ours, he had 12000 Now, that $12,000 was not his. He actually had 3000 of his own. 
Hmm. And he went out and he got nine. That was my question. Exactly. And so he had a neighbor that knew that he was getting into education. So what he did is the the first the first objection, and I talked to him, I said, You're gonna get objections. Yeah. Because how many deals have you done? Well, I haven't done any. How old are you? Well, I'm 20 years old. Exactly. So everybody that you talk to is going to use those two things against you immediately. How many deals have you done? And you're 20 years old. How much can you actually know about real right. estate? Right. And so about the, the not having deals, I said, well, how many deals have I done? And so he told me, it's like, okay, how many deals have, have you seen me do since we've been working together? I said, okay. So you're going to tell him that I am walking you through this process. We're gonna, I'm going to hold your hand and make sure that right. you don't make mistakes because that is my job here. My job is to partner with you on this side and, and make sure that I'm setting you up for success. So we're going to do this together. Okay. So if I need to go in and sit down with him when you're raising that meeting or raising that capital, you know, you do the first meeting yourself and see how that goes because I want you to build confidence. Right. If I need to have a second meeting, I'll go in and we'll talk to him. I'll let him look at some of our deals. We'll go through and we'll, we'll raise that capital and we'll be, we'll be good to go. The second one is you're young. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You've got more energy than he does. You're ready to go out and do whatever it takes to make this successful. He's, he's done what he's done to today. He's got a nest egg. He's got some capital setting aside. He doesn't want to go out and be actively doing things. Right. So let him know that you're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that his investment is going to be optimized and right. you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that he's successful because when he's successful, you're successful. You're not going to be successful until he's successful and you're going to make sure that that happens. I like okay? it. And so that, that brings that, that, that guard down. So he had $3,000. So this was a little bit more expensive one in that there was a $45,000 rehab. Yeah. I was listening. Right? I was typing and this so all up. Most of our, you know, when, when we go into a deal, um, we typically put down, a maximum of 10% of the purchase price. And then the lender will give us a hundred percent of our, of our rehab. Okay. Um, our hard money lender. Okay. Got it. And so when we're doing that, um, as long as we don't exceed 70% of the ARV, they'll also get the, the rehab started for us. Now, if we exceed 70% of the ARV, sometimes we have to bring the first draw to the table and then they'll do the draws on a refund basis. Got it. Okay. But if we're under 70%, they'll start that first initiation. That's beautiful. Right? So that 5%, if you're buying the property at $50,000 or let's say you're buying it at $75,000, you're you're less than 5,000 bucks on your out of, out of pocket costs. I like okay? that. Those Pat Hilton numbers, baby. That's, that's good. <laughs> on top of that though, um, we've got deals that we do where we do absolutely no money out of pocket. We right. got a deal that we did this month. Um, this guy was, was, um, <laughs> he has a number of issues that were coming into it that were motivating him, but he also had just got married, um, had a little bit of money saved up. He was a truck driver, nice. had some money saved up, got married to a beautiful little Filipino. So they were going to take what money they had and they were going to go live like Kings in the Philippines for a okay. while. Right. But he had a house that he couldn't sell because there was a little bit of work that needed to be done to it. He didn't know what he needed to do in order to put it on the, on the retail market. He also had an IRS lien from the, from a year to a previous year. So we had to go in, we actually had to negotiate with the IRS and make sure that we could get this all worked out, negotiated payment terms on it. But he is actually deeding us his house for the underlying lien on the house. And he is paying us $250 a month to then turn around and pay his $100 a month IRS lien that is at attached to this house. Wow. Right? And so we had no money out of pocket. We took over his house for the payments on it 
and we already have a buyer's list of 150 people wow. that are wanting owner finance or rent to own. So all we've got to do is turn around and we'll put them into that house. Yeah. Now on this one, because there is an IRS lien that's tied to it, we'll have the IRS lien paid off before a year is over, but we don't want to execute an owner finance or rent to own. So we're going to, the, the tenant buyer that's moving in is going to be a straight rental. And as soon as the IRS lien is paid off, then we'll go in and execute the owner finance for him because we wow. don't want to, we don't want to be in the middle of a situation to where if he quit paying us, we've got an IRS problem. We want to be able to control that whole situation, right? Yeah. So that's a little bit more experienced situation. I don't want to get Yeah, into I think Boone talked that. about a similar deal on exactly. his little episodes yeah, on his as well. CEO talk. Yeah. yeah. So $5,000, that's more than enough to get started in this. You just need to know where to go, where I would spend that, you know, if, if you know, and, and, and I've talked about marketing, know how to market, go and start your marketing. If you don't, um, I've got, you know, I've got our uh, real estate GPS that, that walks through a marketing plan. That's why I wore the shirt. Right? Exactly. It walks through <laughs> your marketing plan. Um, it's affordable. It teaches you exactly how to do marketing um, and it creates a marketing plan for you based on your budget. Right? So whatever your budget is, we're going to build a marketing plan around that. That's beautiful. Okay? So the next one is, um, so it said, uh, you talk about branding all the time. How does that get you deals? Okay, so I want to split this up a little bit. Branding um, is not going to be utilized in our marketing to buy properties. Okay, so think about this. You've got to look at your real estate business in two different aspects. As a real estate investor, you're buying properties, yep. but you're wanting to buy properties at a discount from a motivated seller. Then you're also raising money to buy those properties with, right? Because yep. we're going to do it with not all just our own money. And, and if you only have $5,000 starting out, you're going to be doing a lot of it with other people's money. Now, once you get to a position where I am, like um, you may be doing some deals with your own money. You may be doing some deals with other people's money and you may be lending your money out. You're going to be doing a number of different things. Um, but when you're starting out, you're going to be using other people's money. Okay. So you're going to be raising capital and you never stop raising capital um, because, you know, our, the money that we've created in the cash fund that we have allows us to do a certain number of deals, but I want to do more deals than that. So we go out and we raise other people's money to yep. do certain deals or to do multifamilies with like, I'm not going to put all just my own money into a multifamily project, right? We'll be the operator and, and build a team around that, but we're going to bring in outside capital to do that. So that's where the branding comes into play. If I've got a, if I've got an interview or a picture with me and Mel Gibson or me and Vanilla Ice, and I put that on my marketing that goes out to a motivated seller who has a house that let's say that they've, they've missed a couple of payments. They're behind on credit cards. They're going through a divorce and I'm trying to buy their house at a discount. And they see that I'm hanging out with Mel Gibson or in the pool with Vanilla Ice or something like that. They're going to immediately have a false expectation in their mind that I'm going to pay a premium for their property. Right. That's not the case. So that's not where you want to utilize your branding, right? You want to use your words properly in that marketing. You want to structure the marketing to how can I help you? And, and so we'll do, I'll do a, I'll do a segment. I'll do a, um, I'll do a, a podcast on, on, on how we do deals and how we help and make sure that we're bringing value to our sellers because there's, I see so many times, so many people, they're so worried about, well, I'm gonna make a cash offer. I'm gonna make a cash offer on every opportunity that I have. I'm just gonna make that offer, offer, offer. And you do need to do that, but you also need to be working with those sellers and what is it that they need the most? Sometimes they just, they, it's not cash that they need. If I would have given this guy cash that I was talking about a minute ago, that's moving to the Philippines, he would have e immediately had to pay that IRS burden with the cash and it would have depleted the amount of right. cash that he received. Instead, he wanted to stretch that out over a year and make payments. So we helped him negotiate that. That's That made more sense to him. So we did that. But if we would have just made him a cash offer, he would have said no. 
right? So that's how the branding works. You want to put the branding into raising capital so that your capital partners see that you have authority and that you have that credibility. But you don't want the people that are selling you a house to see that because then they're going to have that false expectation. Okay? No, I get it. So the third, the third question I get, and this is, this is a tough one because I, I went to college, but young kid that's sitting here thinking, should I go to college or should I start focusing on real estate? And should I, should I get a coach or something like that in real estate that's going to really help me to be successful? I went to college. I utilize about this much information that I learned from college. Right. And that's with an accounting degree. It helps me out in the numbers and understanding how to run our business, how to raise capital, how to do things like that. But it helps me not at all on real estate. If I were to start over today, now don't get me wrong, I played football in college and I loved doing that. My time doing football, my my grades were not quite as reflective as yeah, what get my that. grad school grades were. Right? <laughs> right. Like, I started out in college to play football. That's why I right. went there. And then I found accounting later on. And so I kind of uh, I kind of made up for it later on and got my master's, right? So if, if I had it back and I wasn't playing football, would I go to college? Probably not. I would immediately take what I spent on college and put that into a coach that showed me exactly how to get involved in real estate and how to build the portfolio that I have today. That was what I was going to say is building a portfolio look, that can generate you revenue exactly. each month. Looking back now, just just this year alone, I've spent on my coaches five times as much as what I paid for college and I went to a private school. And that's if I would have taken all my scholarship away and everything and just been paying for school out of pocket, right? But what that has allowed me to do is 100x my business. Right. Okay. And so... For example, our, our client, I've, I've had a couple of clients that didn't go to college and and both of them, one of them is far past the age of what he would have gone to college, but he's already implemented and and building a portfolio for himself based on what he's gone through and gotten from me in a short time. So in six months, he's already got uh, seven working on eighth property and has a contract on a large portfolio of 16, 17 properties, I think. Nice. And and this has all been in about a six month time frame. And then I've got another one who probably would have been in college right now. Um, and I was talking about him a while right. ago, but instead he came and, and, and started working with me and already building. I mean, he is already making more money than I did all through college. And he's going to be, by the time he by the time, well, by the he's, time he's my age, he's when I graduated with my master's, exactly. When I graduated with my master's, I went to work and I was making, I started out in a job making $60,000 a year, right. plus or minus, right? He's going to be making at least that on cash flow by the time he's 25. And he's going to have a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. That's incredible. And I had no assets at that time besides a, a car. And that's a liability. Right. And that's the thing I was saying about this internet education stuff is that now that we know that these things are possible, mm -hmm. we can start to invest in, like you said, those vehicles or those yeah. education possibilities so, or leveling up our knowledge or getting around the right people. We've got, we got a couple of minutes left. Think about what college does. Right. College is, and I've talked about this before, college is funded by the government, unless it's a private school. It's funded right. by the government. Well, who funds the government? The taxpayers, right? Yep. So... What they are pushing for college to teach is anything that would create the highest paying W-2 wage earner. So when I got to college and I found accounting, it's because I took a, 
I said, I want to have my own business. So I decided to midways through playing football and everything when I finally decided I need to start doing something, started business management. I had to take an accounting elective class. I took it and in taking it, it was almost a sales pitch to come into the accounting program because business management, like there's a hundred different ways that you can go. It's not quite as, um, when you, when you get a business management degree, your job placement is not as high, highly likely as with a, like an accounting degree or a, a law degree or something like that, where you've, where you've taken a niche. So I was pitched to move into accounting. So I get into accounting. What do I do? I leave with a $60,000 job to an accounting firm. Right. So I'm immediately leaving college as a decently high earner paying a significant amount in taxes. What does that do? That goes to the government for them to put back into that college, right? Yeah. And so the government is going to continue to fund the college that produces high income wage earners because they're going to be the ones that are paying um, the highest in taxes. So a college is taking all of our entrepreneurial mind away and training us to be a W-2 right. earning minion, if you will. Yeah. Right? yeah. They're, they're taking all your ideas away and wanting you to be a, a minion that works for and creates yeah. an opportunity Part for the Part of the wheel. Right, exactly. And, and that's why you look back and so many of the most successful entrepreneurs and so many of the most successful um, business owners that take their business, Warren Buffett, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, you know, these are uh, Richard Branson. These are people who either struggled in college or they dropped out or they didn't go. Right. And what happened was that allowed that that didn't allow them to get took that wall. They were beating their yes, head against away to get washed into. Let's take all of your all of your thinking outside the box away and let's create this box and we want you to stay in this box and when you stay in this box you're going to be successful well successful in what terms yeah right? you're going to be successful for the government because you're going to pay them the most in taxes throw the box away and think outside that box and how can you create an ecosystem around you that makes you successful absolutely what you want to do right and so I love that's what it. we've done absolutely all right, so. all right guys any questions <laughs> pop into pop them into the comments section and we will see you next week